This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hello, strange world. Welcome to the Aldergate Papers. My name is Adrian Ward, and these singed and crumpled pages are my diary, a record of the final days of my former life. I remember almost nothing of the story they contain. All I know is that it ends with me very nearly being killed, and that it may not be entirely unrelated to some of the strange things that seem to be happening lately. If there's any truth in the odd fragments of memory that I just can't seem to shake, there are things you deserve to know. Things that may help you to understand what's going on, and what's coming. Our hero has survived his first full day back at Aldergate, somewhat in defiance of expectations. That means he'll have to keep his blind date with the chief constable after all. With luck, the fellow will have some good news regarding the investigation into Sammy Braden's murder. With a killer loose in Aldergate, no news would be very bad news indeed. This is Day 3, Part 1, A la Recherche du Tombe Volée. It is the third day of the return to Watergate. The time and place of writing is about half-past ten in the morning, in the saloon bar of the Five Keys public house. We begin. <sighs> it's the little things that twist you up. The quiet betrayals of sense and memory and expectation. The big changes you don't mind so much, those you're on the lookout for, and you can brace for impact. It's the incessant barrage of jabs and pokes and prods in unexpected places that will slowly rattle you to pieces. How can you hope to build a new life upon such quicksands, where nothing's certain because you, you can be certain of nothing? King's Common is gone, and you'd have sworn, sworn on your life that... Ah. Uh, that's it for this page. There's a puckered stain that... <sighs> yes, indeed, a hearty, full-bodied stain with a bouquet of hops and charcoal. Ah, when we resume... There, that's exactly the sort of thing you're talking about. Everything is off this morning, out of joint, 
out of sorts, out of place. And honestly, if you can't even trust a pint of Beckel's very particular old Feywater stout, what's the point of going on? You put back enough of the stuff to float a battleship back in your day. But it's not your day today, that's clear. What is this imposter brew? It's not VPO, not how it used to be. It looks the same, still black as ash and thick as thieves. And yet, no sooner had the warm liquid touched your palate than a shudder ran through you, and now you've ruined a page of your journal. <sighs> you didn't even really mean to order the stuff. You just walked up to the bar and muscle memory kicked in. Not as if you ought to be drinking at ten in the morning. Although, to be fair, VPO's not really drinking. More like one of Baz's health potions. At least it used to be. You'd rather hoped it would steady you. Chief Constable Standish will be dropping by for this perfectly informal, no-fuss, meet-and-greet luncheon in a bit, and you're still shaky from your little tumbling act. Ah, who eats lunch at eleven o'clock, anyhow? Baz is insane. Although you would be ravenous if your stomach weren't one great knot of nameless anxiety. Ugh, your nerves are bad today. Yes, bad. It's that prickly sort of hypersensitivity, that feeling that the clockwork of the world is tick-tocking all around you. You wish it would just stop and let you breathe. At least the keys isn't as crowded as it was yesterday. A few laptops, a few textbooks, one roly-poly little paperback sitting on the floor between the bar stools. A poker foursome in Kigurumi, a frog, fox, bat, and gojira. Except what they're playing isn't just poker. The betting chips are a different sort of cards, which seem to be part of a secondary game unto itself. Uh, looks like the fox is winning. Up, McNaughton, eh? And there's one of those masked ones here as well. Tucked up in the ingle nook, with a book... Can't really see from here. By Justine somebody. They're really quite striking, those masks. A bit like those Venetian types that are always mooning about during the carnival season, holding roses and looking mysterious. Stark white, with no mouth, just the long sort of sweep down from the upper lip that gives you just enough room to snack and quaff without revealing the old identity. You're still not precisely sure what these haunters of the pent are up to. They've got their little stage all set up now, not a tomato's throw from your front door. The scenery, if that's what it is, remains a closely guarded secret. Racks and stacks of something or other, all draped in sheets, awaiting showtime. <sighs> As if the world didn't have enough drama in it already. Well, they'll have a fine day for it, whatever it is. After yesterday's awfulness, the weather has gone all sunny and warm with all. Warmish, at least. Not quite what you'd call balmy, but practically tropical for an English November. 
Good timing, too. You've been yearning to try out the new Makoto Waku, and it may be months before you get another chance. Still a bit shivery, but with the Chesterfield it's all right, and those clean military lines just radiate authority. Pity you couldn't find the Navy Benton Brogues to go with. You really must unpack properly. The Fellweather monk straps are holding their own, but there was a chance for real greatness. Alas, alack. Of course, you might as well have just come out in your dressing gown. It seems sleepwear is all the rage this season. Quite apart from the Kigu crew, pajamas are de rigueur, at least among the student bodies that have decided to worship the great sun spirit all over University Place. At first you thought it was a protest of something, possibly you. But no, apparently they're just photosynthetic. Young Aldergate has laid itself out like a mosaic on the Tempire steps. After lunch, you ought to join them. You've never been the napping sort, but at this point you'll take sleep wherever you can find it. And at least, if you do decide to sleepwalk into the mingle, there will be plenty of witnesses to fish you out. You're sorely tempted. Ugh. Emphasis on sore. What can you have been dreaming about? You've never been much for dreaming. Or perhaps you just don't remember after you wake up. Not sure. You certainly can't remember now, no matter how hard you try. But you must have been dreaming like anything. It's one thing for a chap to feel a bit discombob when he wakes up in an armchair and forgets that he's changed continents. But whatever possessed you to leap up and dash off like that, and not to the stairs, but through them, right into thin air... The waking ward pierced the veil just in time to turn an ankle-snapping freefall into an ungainly sort of somersault, but you're all over bruises and lucky not to have killed yourself. And all the time you were sprawling and rolling and generally scrambling yourself on the architecture, that sense of... <sighs> unfulfillment. A feeling of nearly... But not quite. What were you dreaming about, eh, self? And were you running from it or towards? <sighs> no, it's no use. Anyhow, no point worrying about dreams. Worry instead about all the other things that seem to be slipping through that sieve you call a skull. Personal hygiene, for a start. If you're going to be a disgrace, you ought to at least look good doing it. So far, you've relied on the downstairs lavatory, but you haven't actually found a proper bathroom in the manse yet, and you are in no condition to explore this morning. Not that it would have mattered if you had gone looking. Apparently, you wouldn't notice the baths of Diocletian if you fell into them. <sighs> King's Common, self... You remember it, don't you? You've only passed it about a thousand times in your life. Yesterday, however, on pass 1001, you failed to notice that now it's got a bloody great spaceship sitting on it. Yes. 
And what's really funny is that, in a roundabout sense, you're the one who landed it there. <laughs> ah, what a magnificent chimera Oldgate is. Old Oscar Wilde called our humble townscape a bouquet of a dozen jumbled centuries. And coming from an Oxford man, that's really quite generous. Well, the bouquet has only become more jumbled since his time. The university has always walked a fiercely contested line between the preservation of its heritage and a hunger for innovation. The colleges can do what they like within their walls, and generally do. But when it comes to university property, it's terribly rare that a consensus vote can be got together for something brand new. When that does happen, therefore, there are no half-measures. The thing that has usurped a fair portion of the grassy patch you knew as King's Common is not, by any calculation, a half-measure. A great three-legged oblate bubble of triangular glass panes, and, on the leg nearest the high street, a fine bronze plaque declaring it the Vestergaard Center for the Arts. <laughs> Life is a funny old thing, eh, self? It is when little Adrian's around, at least. You are that blameless butterfly, flapping away in some flowering wilderness, happily spawning hurricanes. You only ever met old Solvig Vestergaard once, back when you were still in the first flush of bastardom. It was on your maiden visit to the grave, before you knew better than to let yourself get roped into the formal dinners. She wound up next to you, a sweet woman, all things considered, not bad for hereditary. She knew about as much about difference engineering as you knew about blue water shipping dynasties, but she'd heard you grew up on a boat, and it made for a decent bit of conversation between the perversities. She asked why you'd abandoned shipboard for dry land, and you told her about your invitation to Watergate, and she said, Oh, those awful people tell me everything. And, well, you probably ought to take full credit for it, but you vividly recall the bellyaching on Voxen when she died a few years ago. Dissolving her legacy was one thing. Nobody cared much for the presumptive heirs, and dilution is always desirable. But she did parcel out her estate across a pretty destabilizing set of beneficiaries, including four and a half billion euros to Aldergate University. Well, that four and a half had to go somewhere, didn't it? Now you know where. It looms over King's Common like a... Well, quite frankly, like nothing you've ever seen before. You're no expert on modern architecture, and really, you ought to just be glad it's not some dismal monstrosity, like those brutalist nightmares up at Weatherby Medical Campus. Still, it's got an irregular look to it. Also, well, it may have been an optical illusion, sun in your eyes and all that, but if you can believe your senses, you'd swear that it was breathing. Yes, if you can believe your senses. <sighs> There's always that for you to worry about. This is day three of your sojourn here in Aldergate, and nobody could accuse you of taking it easy, but so far you seem to have managed to stay more or less inside your head. 
The ward sanity has never been of the first water, and hopes that you'd been fully cured by relocation died when the musical egg visited yesterday morning. Then, after your rise and shine tumble, the trapped thing got into the library chimney for a quarter of an hour. The important thing, however, is that, for all that's happened, it's you that it's happened to. You still haven't gone on walkabout since touching down in England. Or have you? <sighs> that's the twist of it. There's little things, just minor blips and petty uncertainties. After you finished writing last night, you bunged your biro at that shadow over by the stairs to stop it getting any funny ideas. Then you closed your eyes, and then... Then what? Well, then it was broad daylight, and you were practicing your human slinky act. But what happened in the interim? You fell asleep, obviously, and you slept. But... The pen... <sighs> the pen. It came back in the night. Found it sitting neatly on top of the notebook in the morning. And then there's this missing page, the neat little tear-out between where last night's entry ends and this one begins. <sighs> what can one make of that? Being not all there is one thing, my dear old somnambulist. But that dreadful little voice inside keeps whispering that perhaps you weren't there at all. Again. You were dead tired last night. Bone tired, dog tired. Fagged, shagged, and done for. But what of it? You've done some of your best work in that condition. <laughs> hadn't thought of it in years until last night, but you remember when you were in labor with that clever little black box that became the beating heart of Ward International Secure Transactions. Those last seventy-two hours of birthing pains, climbing onto the train with your shirt inside out, and those two beautiful busker bodyguards you'd woken up next to in the station. <laughs> Ah, her long hair falling out of a braid as she screamed revolutionary slogans and sang Edith Piaf songs, her brother blocking the dining car door with the pastry cart. They fed you Turkish coffee and stovetop amphetamines from dusk till dawn as you diagrammed on silk tablecloths with the ember from her cigar. Hurtling through Strasbourg, Racing time's arrow to your meeting with Salah. <sighs> Remember when it was over and done, and you'd got it right. Remember knowing that at last you'd seen through, the way Alistair used to do, seen through it until the complexity fell away, and it all became so savagely simple. Remember closing your eyes to block out all the twisty lines, wondering if your heart would rip itself apart, or just quietly stop. Yes. Yes, Dash, that's the point. You remember it. All of it. Not all of it fondly, but you've always remembered things. Too well, if anything. 
Song lyrics, conversations in a cab, the feeling on your cheek of that ratty old rug in Hobson Mews as the flames crept between you. Have you started sleep writing? Or is it happening again? <sighs> Too soon to say. Can't leap to that conclusion. You've done enough leaping for one day. It's all superstition anyhow at this point. Whether or not you relapse, or catch yourself relapsing, you'll have to submit yourself for inspection at Weatherby as soon as the wolves withdraw. Then at least you'll be rid of the uncertainty. <sighs> Are you dying, do you suppose? That is to say, more so than is to be expected from a fellow of your age and habits. The internet has all sorts of ideas about what might make a chap lose himself. Aliens and demons, if you're lucky, but it's more likely to be petty mal seizures. Could be a series of strokes, though you're a bit young for that. Could be an embolism, a tumor, an aneurysm, a hematoma. Take your pick, or mix and match. Any of them could kill you instantly, or maim you slowly, or blossom into a special sort of personal nightmare that peels your fingers one by one from the cliff edge of reality. And what if it's none of the above? Purely psychological, a software error, a brain bug burrowed deep down, some fault or fracture, some trauma that you've buried in self-defense. Shall we discuss your childhood, Adrian? Talk about your father. <laughs> Hands off, Pandora. The lid stays on. Yes, good luck with that. Truth be told, it would be quite wonderful to sit and talk to somebody, if it wouldn't mean signing both your death warrants. And, like it or not, this return to the halls of your glory has already become an exercise in mental excavation. If you have got any landmines lurking, you're bound to either dig them up or set them off sooner or later. Yes. When you left Aldergate, you let it all just sink out of sight, while you built your own towers and temples on other shores. Well... Now it has risen once more from the watery abyss. Or oh, you've dived down to visit. Just like Sammy did. Yes, and see how that turned out for her. How do you suppose she felt, coming back here after so long? Sammy had her moments of introspection, few and far between though they were. She must have felt it too, the long shadow of the past. Did that diamond drill she called a mind repopulate Aldergate with the ghosts of the old days? Stop it. You're tottering as it is. The last thing you need is... Is what? A memorial ceremony? An exorcism? 
Like it or not, my lad, the reason you're here at the Keys instead of safely in bed is that you've got an appointment with a policeman. A policeman who's trying to figure out how your dear old friend got dead. If he's worth whatever it is you're paying him, he may have done enough sleuthing to discover that she's not the first of your pals that's happened to. He may ask, and you may have to answer. Well, what'll it be, self-old sport? Do you drag Bofax back into the light now, in the privacy of your own journal? Or do you wait till anything you say can and will be used against you? Oof. Better dust off those memories after all. If anyone were to see them in this condition, well, you'd just die of shame. Not to get your crooked stories straight, bungho for profiles in ill-starred teenage entrepreneurship. Ah. Yes, I'll spare you some of the details. All you really need to know, which you've probably gathered already, is that my first little venture at the intersection of science and commerce was an intimate conspiracy between myself and four other students. Bofax Technologies. It all went utterly tits up, and, anyhow, I spent most of the next decade and a half not thinking about it. Once I got back to the university, well... Under the circumstances, that wasn't an option anymore, so I scratched out little executive bios for the team. Uh, but needn't trouble you with them, unless you're really desperate for the gory details. To summarize, uh, um, a chief financial officer, Adrian Ward, whom you already know and love. Um, and you've met Baz, uh, Bathsheba folks, our director of operations. I believe I've mentioned Neek in passing. Um, that would be Yannick Oladipo, our lovely chief technology officer. <laughs> Sweet mercy, we were ridiculous. Ah, uh, and also Alistair, who unfortunately passed away. And, of course, Sammy. Samantha Braden, our fearless chief executive officer. <laughs> That's funny, I actually wrote that. Wrote corporate secretary first, then crossed it out, and... Uh, yes, Sammy the CEO. <laughs> I let her have the title at last. Well, at least it wasn't over my dead body. <laughs> Sorry, that was poor taste. You know what? Well, perhaps it'll help make things clearer. Since she is the silent star of our murder mystery, here's the lowdown on Samir. <clears throat> Samantha Braden. Title. Corporate Secretary, crossed out. Uh, Chief Executive Officer. Place of Birth. Detroit, Michigan, United States of America. Early Life Little is known of S. Braden before she came to Watergate. By you, at any rate. And Sammy did discourage prying. The topic of parentage was not discussed, which suited you just fine. 
While you were both living at Hobson Mews, there were occasional letters addressed to a Samuel Braden. These letters generally ended up in the dustbin, unopened. Huh. That wasn't until later, of course. You first met Sammy when she was in the seventeenth year of her lover's quarrel with the world. For both of you, it was still the wanderlust phase of life at Aldergate, sprinting promiscuously through a spaghetti junction of academic avenues, falling hopelessly in lust with genius after prodigy after virtuoso. You nearly got sucked into a game design cult, and Sammy would probably have redefined scholarship in gender theory, if not for the lack of clear opportunities for world domination. Your paths first intersected in Dr. Kilbury's Sunday morning seminar on dialectic empiricism, and the rest is history. <laughs> Aldergate really is the best toy a restless kid could ask for, but it's a different toy for everyone. To you, it was a jigsaw puzzle, a vast heap of scrambled yet fundamentally interlocking knowledge, just waiting for you to stick it all together. For Sammy, it was a game of... Uh, what you call it? Where you tie horse chestnuts on strings and then smash them against one another to see who wins. Only with ideas. Two very different roads to the Pyrian Spring, but that same quiet desperation for understanding drove both of you, first to Aldergate, then to Dr. Kilbury's subterranean shambles, and eventually to friendship of a sort. Eventually, eventually to Bofax. You irritated each other just right. You dragged her back to Earth when her thinking got sloppy, and she shoved you out of your obsessive spirals. Once things got moving, Lapidamon grew like scar tissue, each of you hacking and tugging at it, forever struggling to sculpt it in a different image. You envisioned the Great Connector, the joiner of strands and untangler of skeins. She wanted a bloody great hammer that would crush anything weaker than itself, and absorb anything stronger. Could have been both, maybe. In another life, eh? Oh well, back to the bio. Recent History The uncontrolled detonation of Bofax sent its co-founders flying in all different directions, but you and Sammy both hit the ground running. You were the better at grubbing and heaping, but she outstripped you by a mile in column inches. Before you earned your first mention in the business section, Sammy had splashed through just about every other bit of the broadsheet. Opinion, certainly. And lifestyle and education. Travel often. Style, occasionally. She got the cover of the New York Review of Books, Big Brother is Learning, the Evolving Science of Political Control. And let's not forget the first time she made actual headlines. Controversial author safe after assassination attempt. 
Whilst you were trotting about, shopping Bofax's residual IP and courting investment capital, Sammy was buying or bullying her way into, and then out of, some of the worst hellholes on earth. She bagged interviews with dozens of leading innovators in such emerging fields as electronic surveillance, information shaping, counterinsurgency, and what she termed conclusive interrogation. From tent cities in the desert to gilt palaces in the tropics, she made a rigorous study of how a small number of motivated individuals are turning to new technologies for the ticklish work of making everybody else do things they'd rather not. The resulting book, Reich 4.0, got her a spot on the bestseller list, and at least two attempts on her life. <sighs> what was she doing back at Altergate? Of course, any Altergation is welcome to return whenever they like, but what could possibly have induced Samantha Braden to cool those ever-moving heels of hers in the old ivory tower? She'd have been a big hit with the kids, no doubt. Could have had her own little cult for the asking. Probably a professorship, too, if she'd wanted it. But why would she want it? Can't see her wasting her breath to educate anyone who hadn't sprung for the hardcover edition. Can it be that Sammy's been a secret sentimentalist all this time? Hard to believe. But what other spirit can have moved her to return to Aldergate? Ugh, too many unquiet spirits kicking about these days. <laughs> Where's a ghostbuster when you need one? Or oh, the chirpy English equivalent, chaps in cloth caps and coveralls driving a panel van. <laughs> if only. Still, it's clarifying to be thinking squarely about the old times. Feels good, almost, in a sickening sort of way. Like flossing your teeth for the first time in a month. There's the deep, dull sting, but after the ache and the guilt, it's dashed satisfying to spit out the blood. A clean feeling. Good to feel clean. Yes. And, as a side note, if it is some sort of suppressed trauma that's been glitching you, well, all this reminiscing hasn't tripped it so far. You may be wasting a great deal of time, but at least you're not. Ah. That last word ends in a sort of jag, and we resume a few lines down. When the twist did it get to be quarter of one? <sighs> Where's old Jonathan Law got to, anyhow? He can't have come and gone, surely. <sighs> no, no calls, no messages. Ah, and for that matter, no signal. Still, it doesn't let him off the hook. If you can't reschedule, you bloody well turn up. Especially for your first meeting with the new boss. Sir Adrian Ward is not such an ogre as that Forbes piece paints, but Chief Constable Standish doesn't know that. Is this the sort of lackadaisical ship you've inherited from Sir Reggie? Oh, or do you suppose there's been some sort of break in the case? 
That would be a fair excuse, and a bit of welcome news. Assuming it's a capture or a confession, and not another body. Ah. <sighs> well, now what? Your stomach has unclenched a bit, but it's still in no condition for a five-keys feed. There's plenty of proper work you could be getting on with, but after all this broaching the cask of memory business, you could really do with a breath of air. Anyhow, if there is news about Sammy, you'd like to know about it ASAP. It's your duty to the university, and your duty as a friend. You are hardly the slave of duty as a general rule, but the most immediate alternative is having another go at mystery, and the thought of traipsing all the way back up to Midwinter Hill just to get talked down to by a uniformed teenager with a machine gun frankly appalls. No, Standish it is. And since he's now an hour past his time, it seems the mountain has got to go off in search of Mohammed. Ah well, cheerio. To be continued and all that. Well then, mysteries abound at Aldergate University, but hopefully the case of the missing chief constable can be solved in short order. As for Sammy's murder, and our hero's uncertain grasp of reality, well, there's nothing a brisk walk in the sunshine can't help. Join me every second Sunday at thealdergatepapers.com. Find the Aldergate Papers on iTunes as well, and spread the word, won't you? This may be my story, but I fear that it's likely to become everybody's problem. Until next time, I am and shall remain your humble servant, Adrian Ward. You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio, or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody. The Mutual Audio Drama Network where we listen and imagine together.